Okay, and I'll say a real life goon is doctor. So, doctor, doc, real life doctor of doctor, <laughs> doctor, real life goon. Well, I guess that that makes your opinion even more valid. I suppose if you're a, if you're a doctor of some kind of some sort, a medical officer. So we're doing Alien, right? Yes. Okay, I've never seen the movie, so I'm just going to talk about Starship Troopers. <laughs> it's oh, it's such a great movie. It's. Sit back in your seats, get something to eat, watch this movie, don't let the kids see it, because, well, let, let, we'll let you hear the, the, the um, beginning first. Thank you. All right, well, this evening on Left of the Projector, we are joined by Dr. Real Life Boone and Jolie to talk about the uh, classic film and i joked this last time i always say every movie is a classic but i guess i only do classics here this movie is called alien and it is the first in this long-standing universe by ridley scott the first question i was thinking about when i was like watching this movie for the umpteenth time is do you consider this movie like a slasher movie or like a monster movie or is it both it's a good question i feel like it's it was it started the sci-fi genre so i feel like or not maybe not started but it contributed to it so i feel like it it is its own like monster type of movie but like the suspense and everything i could definitely see where you're coming from with the slasher part the way i was thinking about it today was like you have kind of like a final girl character in sigourney weavers and she you know just narrowly escapes like the in this case, it's not a person. It doesn't really matter. Like, you don't need to stick this movie into a box and be like, it's this thing. But it did. Like, after Star Wars came out, apparently that's what led to this movie getting made is they realized how popular sci-fi was. And like, oh, we should make more movies that are that. Definitely kicked off the sci-fi horror genre. And, like, it had that classic trope of, like, the underestimated final girl through the whole thing. Because, like, she's getting, like, discounted the entire movie. And then, like, she's the one that makes it. And then on top of that, there is like a singular horror chasing them throughout the entire movie, which I guess could like, I mean, you could make that argument, but yeah, just, it kind of just created its own thing. But the other thing that I'll mention just as like an aside to what we'll discuss about the movie, but the thing that I learned is that the entire set was like a closed set that they built. And so when they would go into the ship, they would have to actually walk a long distance to get out of the ship. So it was built as like one giant piece. So they actually, all the shots, like where they're like running down the hallway, like I think that's what builds this movie. The first thing I wrote down is like the entire plot is driven by like the cool music and like the long shots of them running down and like the the fear the entire time is completely palpable. You know, it's, I don't know, it's like the, it's, I think you said, uh, Dr. Goon, if I may call you Dr. Goon, is like, this is like the perfect horror movie in that it has everything you could want. I can't remember the artists that they're, um, that, uh, they kind of modeled all, all of the stuff off of, especially like the Prometheus style, like scenes inside the alien ship and stuff. I forget. It's like, but that's like that guy's entire art. And like it was a really good translation of it. I, I always I do this every time I come on here. I forget the name of like the person who's like ideas I'm trying. I think it's H.R. Geiger. H.R. Geiger. That's it. Yeah, his art books are like filled with it. And it's like everything in his books look like alien movies. But you know that's where they got it from. In that documentary, they talk a lot about how uh, they translated that art and like built all of the sets. And they wanted to like make all these massive sets, but like, sorry, you have only eleven million dollars which was like over budget for what they actually had. 
So I think it's quite amazing to what they. It's like ninety-two trillion with uh, inflation today. For the amount of shit they packed into it, it was really impressive. Seriously. Yeah, and so much of it, they're like, "Oh, we actually messed this up, but we had to just shoot it, and 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 that was it." And like, you think about like they messed things up. Like, what could you even do that would be better? I'm like, the the one specific thing is the scene later when we learn that um, the robot spoilers is Ash is like not a human, and the scene where like they have his head inside of the table. Apparently, they messed up the like mold for his face, and it wasn't right. But they're like, we're just going to shoot it anyway because we don't have time or money to make a new one. And like, it's fine. Like, it looks amazing. It was a really decent, like, shift from uh, practical effect. But like, you can tell, like, I'm, like, you know, like the shift from like the the final like chopped off head, which I love that head cut off part, wherever like you know he gets dinged with the fire extinguisher, and then the shift from the head like being turned off, and then like. It does a camera cut to them activating it and then comes back and then like you can tell it's the real I thought it was fantastic. Very smart. Yeah. Yeah, they apparently all of that was like actually they just made him like gargle milk to like make him have the like the and like you have to talk with and he like It's Hollywood, it probably wasn't milk. And he didn't <laughs> and he didn't like milk apparently was like also which is funny. Milk, it does a body good. Like, oh you have to it's uh yeah, the actor is Ian Holm, which I that's the other thing before we like maybe I feel like the the movie is mostly self-explanatory, but the cast of this movie is, should be said as like maybe one of the best casts for a, a horror movie that I can think of. It has everyone from top to bottom. And apparently what they also wanted, which is uncommon, I think, for this time period, is they specifically said they wanted like a diverse cast, not just like to make it be a bunch of, you know, either white people, white men or have it be, I don't know how they how else they could have done it. But it like they really the cast is great from top to bottom I mean, there's only seven people on this movie so you see everyone constantly but the thing i was the thing the first thing that i always think about when i think of this movie is one of the opening scenes when they when they wake up and after they've kind of built the suspense and you see this massive ship they're on the first thing that they're talking about when they get woken up is like the shares that they'll make like yeah. from like the money from this and like that was and that's like what i think about oh, with yeah. this is immediate contract negotiation it was it's a huge like conglomerate corporation that's sending them like way out but they're off like exploiting and, and getting things and yet they're still exploiting these people who have to go on this like years journey to do this and they're like well yep it's the future, but you guys are still, we're still not going to pay you shit. No, no, like, too bad. I think that it's its hilarious that if you did this movie and the characters were in a union, the entire movie doesn't happen. Because they, oh, yeah. they've got their shares negotiated off the jump, and then there's no sub-clause that says, like, well, if we get a signal, you have to go investigate it, otherwise you lose all your money. Right. But if you had a union, you're negotiating that shit straight out. You're like, no, we're not doing that. Fuck you. Yeah, I guess they, I guess your your clause could be, like, if we have to go, like, pick up an alien, like, I get an extra share or something. Which, mm -hmm. like, which they, like, they, like, kind of <laughs> right. say, like, oh, well, if we have to do this, you get a full share instead of a half share. But it does seem like there's very a very clear boundary, too, of the characters being, like, the Captain Dallas... And then even Ian Holm as the, you know, the science officer. And then everyone, and then I guess according to Weaver Ripley, everyone else is kind of like a working class engineer type of figure. Very explicitly, like it's, they clearly drew the line of in this future, there's still like working class and I guess like petty <laughs> bourgeoisie. I don't know what Dallas is. Still contractually obligated to go die. Yeah. I mean, everything about it. And the other thing too is that they, they, they refer to Sigourney Weaver. They don't ever refer to this in the first movie is her, her name of her character is the warrant officer. And I don't really know 
what to make of that title because they don't ever really mention anything about what she does. So I was like trying to think like, does that mean you're, is that, is that like, uh, is that like a rank in the military that crew, that's the warrant officer? It's a certain rank. It's a certain type of officer. Okay. Like you've got that, like commissioned officers, non-commissioned officers, and then warranted officers and you call them woes, but woes. it's just okay. another like subset of officer. They, handle like administrative stuff or like pilots are usually warrant officers. It's weird. I don't understand how that part of the military works really. So that means th- presumably she was in the military and then she's conscripted. This is like her private sector jump after the, uh, after she worked <laughs> or she was a military officer or something. I feel like I skipped this entire question after I asked you about whether it's a slasher movie. I guess I also was curious, like when you, if you like, you have a memory of seeing this, like either for the first time or just like what's your I guess impression sounds lame but like like generally like what do you think of this movie like as a body as like the body of work I don't know I'll move this to the beginning where it sounds less stupid to be like at the beginning of our episode just move all the beginning questions to the end we'll just Tarantino Tino it just <laughs> we'll just start from the end and go and go backwards yeah. We'll talk about the ending and then at the beginning we'll talk about the, but I don't know. I, I just remember seeing this movie when I was like 12 years old and being at like a friend's house and like their brother was their older brother and like, oh, you guys want to watch Alien? We're like, we've never seen this. And I'm just being like in a dark basement watching this movie and being oh, kind no. of pretty, I don't want to say like, it wasn't like the scariest movie I've seen, but I just like the presence of like being in a dark basement watching this and like at this, like a sleepover and like, oh shit, now I have to go to sleep after I just watched. Right. And there isn't a lot of gore either too. Like that's the thing about this movie that I think also is so great. And like, I think a lot of good horror movies is there isn't a lot of gore. It's just like the the subtext of this alien that's like hunting you throughout the movie or less the slasher or whatever it is you know yeah just like the anticipation the only memory i have of that movie from childhood because like i watched horror movies like way too early like uh the only memory that i have of that one specifically because i remember the other ones much better from childhood but that one specifically the scene where the uh, the baby pops out of his like stomach like, yeah. I remember that messing me up really bad. It was like a six-year-old, you know, like... Oh, six-year-old, yeah, I, don't, I don't like this at all. And then, like, watching it today, I'm like, that looks like a fucking dildo. Like, what, what are we doing? I, I was looking into that scene. They use, like, six gallons of, like, fake blood to film that scene. And apparently, yeah. like, that is actually the scene that got them to even, like, track this movie to being a movie. They wrote the, the script was like, phenomenal for that spot. Like he's sitting there, like twitching as it's coming out. And I was like, ah, like even today, kind of like, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> it's, a it's still much. very creepy. Yeah, yeah. And the reaction of all the other actors in the scene yeah. is like also amazing too. Like, I mean, I feel like that's like the acting that almost is harder. Like, yeah, you know, like you can teach someone how to like deliver lines or, or things like that. But the reaction you can give to like something that looks to them probably extremely fake. You know, it's not CGI. Yeah, they were realistically concerned. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, so in the, the script, when they originally wrote it, that was on, like, page, like, 65, or I was, like, midway through the movie. And they're, like, the first whatever pages before it were all trashed. They're, like, we can't make this movie. But then they saw the chest burst, and like, oh, we need to make it because this part is really awesome. Like, someone thought of this this scene. <laughs> and, and that's the other thing, too, is, like, this movie has, like, I think I clocked it in my notes... 52 minutes I think before 55 minutes before like the shit starts popping off in this movie like that scene is 55 minutes into the movie wow. I think that's also what makes you just said Julia that, like the the suspense and like you're like you don't know what's gonna happen the first time you see this you're 55 minutes in the movie 
You know there's like a creepy thing on this guy's face, like sucking out his insides or whatever. But you don't really know anything else and you don't know what's going to happen. That he's going to like birth an alien on board. Yeah, it starts off really slowly and like you kind of get to know the characters a little bit and then all of a sudden like things start happening, so. Yeah. Yeah, the, the like, exactly. Like the first, I feel like the, the best part of the beginning of the movie, aside from, well, really the, the best thing I feel like is like the expansive nature of like the, the ship that they, you know, they land on some other planet. They don't really say what it is, some moon or whatever, but they land, like the ship looks so awesome given also like this is like a small budget they're on this massive crater ship and then they see i think it's i think they call the the person that they see who's dead is like the rider and they also give like the foreshadowing they show that his chest also exploded so like you have this weird little thing but you don't know what that means of course when you've seen it you're like oh yeah of course i just like picture being like seeing this in the theater in 1979 and being like oh my god this had to have been like off the charts you know because it really is like one of the first like really well done uh like orchestras of 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 atmospheric horror like the color is all there because everything's dark drab like the ship is very like all, all the spaces in the ship are tight even though it's expansive there's lots of room to run around but everything's like small like all the doorways they all have to duck under and get under and like the droning of the music like the score and everything to underlie all that like it's all just very like it builds up very creepily and then like I, it, it's perfect pacing i loved it yeah this someone i was talking to i don't know it was a while back they were saying that the movie is too slow but i feel like it only makes like the last hour of it better because you have that slow build you have like i was saying like a bunch of like the notes on i was taking like because i've seen this movie a bunch of times so i wasn't like writing things that were happening but like all of the like the tight shots down the hallways like it's like slowly pans out slowly pans in and it makes it seem like the ship is enormous you know and like all the like the scene mm-hmm. like some of my i mean we can talk about some of like the f- favorite scenes but one of mine is the i think it's after the, they're chasing the alien and this is when what's the actor's name not john hurt oh harry dean stanton's character is like looking for the cat in the room with like the chains dangling from the ceiling and like the water's dripping on his face and he's washing his face and you think that you of course think the alien's gonna jump out and it doesn't and I feel like that's like the most suspenseful part because you're like you're waiting for something to like just to eat his face and then it doesn't and you're like oh that's a good point I thought the whole time that he was the alien was like right over him and the stuff was coming from the alien and then he was never there I think that was like purposeful misdirection like the the, because they they really put emphasis on him like sticking his head under the water because like like I said I don't remember most of it from like childhood so whenever I saw that I had the same thought I was like this dude's face is about to melt off and then but then it's just a regular eating but but they he like intentionally first washes his face and then stops and then he like puts his hat back on and like oh okay he's fine and then he goes back to like a second time to get some water on him and then again he's fine and it's yeah it's, it is it is like a perfect uh uh the, the other thing too is i feel like it has like multiple reveals like you don't know that ian holmes character is like an alien or a yeah. robot or whatever and you don't really know what the alien's doing that thing like the shit grows from like an infant to like a, a, like a full adult in like a matter of like 12 hours i guess they don't really say how long it is like very short time 
it sets the stage for like, because I think, uh, what's his name? O'Bannon, uh, forget his first name. The guy that like does all the screenwriting uh, for yeah. every alien movie. And he did Predator and all that. Like, it, it, I think like he just had like this universe in his brain already. And like he lucked out with the first alien. And then he got to just keep like throwing them out in that universe that he created. Because like I said, like all that, that beginning part's all Prometheus. Like they finally made Prometheus and then like it tells the story of those aliens. So it's like, I don't Yeah, I, th- I think he also made uh, the guy, I think it's Dan, o- Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon. He Dan also O'Bannon. did, he also did uh, Total Recall too. You? Which is, another, yeah, he did. Yeah, he's done a lot. But he I think also did right. the, the most, he did the recent Total Recall too. So he loses points for that one. Well, I think he, I think it's. <laughs> Only, but it came out after he died, so I'm gonna give him a pass on it. That's true. I think, but, but that movie does suck. I actually I haven't seen yeah. it, so I, I shouldn't say. I can't it's say it sucks, but I just re- assume it's been referred to as the 9/11 of movies. It's it's just a fucking tragedy. Damn. I haven't seen. I I have this thing where like I haven't seen the remake of like the RoboCop franchise or like the Total Recall or Judge Dredd. I don't know. Like there's some remakes. I'm just or Charlie and Chocolate Factory. I'm like I can't see these remakes because. It would like ruin somehow, like ruin some part of my my love of a movie, even though that's kind of. It's got Joel Kinnaman was the RoboCop one, so I might give that a watch just because I like everything he does. But I've, I haven't seen it. Nothing in this movie, like the the scenes, is like very bright. Like every room except the place where they eat, and like the mother thing, which I think is also like kind of weird. They apparently have this like extremely smart super chat yeah, chat GPT. Exactly. But they but like those are the only two like parts in the movie where there's like actual lights. Every other part of the ship is like dark. Like you said, they're like ducking under thing, going through the you know, the doors. I think that also like adds to the scariness. Like, I think of other movies on ships like Event Horizon, which isn't nearly as good as this movie, but like everything is like very bright. It's like, or sorry, very dark. So like, I feel like that adds to the um, terror. I don't, I don't know. Like feeling of like, you can't see like, like when he's in the, when Dallas goes through the, like the air vent to like find the alien, he has the flamethrower. How does he not see this fucker? He's like supposed to be like a few feet away. Like that's the thing too is. They don't really say he has any... Like, I don't remember the aliens having, like, the ability to, like, cloak themselves. That's the Predator. They're just super stealthy, I think. Like, they can just move quietly. And they also say a few times that, like, it kills their other people, but it doesn't leave any blood, which I don't really understand. Like, yeah. they call that out. Like, is that just because they didn't want to, like, spend more money on blood? They're like, oh, we can't afford any extra blood here. So we'll just make it like he, like, slurps it up like a like a, with a straw or, like, his tail or I don't know. Because he's, like... It's a second mouth. Well, right? Doesn't it? Well, doesn't it like get a, three mouths like in, in the sequel? I don't remember. I feel like in the third movie, which isn't very good, I feel like the scene, like the famous scene where like Sigourney Weaver is on the ship and the alien opens his mouth next. I think there's three mouths, like a third mouth inside the second mouth. Like I don't, I don't. So creepy. Who would think like the guy opens his mouth and like a smaller mouth is inside and like a littler mouth? It's like a what's those like. Like, but like those little like uh, the dolls, like the Russian dolls, where it like opens. What are those things called? Oh, the babushkas. Babushkas, yeah. It's like it's yeah. It's like the little like doll. It's like opens up into a another like so another mouth. What does small mouth inside of the big mouth? Dude, what are the aliens called? They're like Xeno something. Uh, 
Xenomorphs? Uh, uh, Z- yeah, there you go. Xenomorphs. Is that right? Or some shit. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. Xenomorphs, so like that. What, in, a, in a human centipede situation, like, how does the second mouth factor in? I think it's an important question. It, I'm, like, I'm how kidding. does it activate? Is that what you're <laughs> I was making a, a joke about the human centipede and xenomorphs instead of humans. It didn't. Have you seen that? Have you seen the movie The Human Centipede? Yeah, <laughs> it's the point. It's one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. <laughs> actually, the sequel is actually probably the most disgusting movie I've ever seen in my life. And I only saw it because someone said that. I'm like, all right, I have to see this for myself. The other thing about this that's interesting we like briefly talked about with like the like how they're all getting paid like various shares it's like the there's like the corporation that they refer to like very briefly just as like the corporation i'm blanking on what it's called now i know it's more important in the second movie like they want this for like their weapons division i think is what they like let slip so like they're still like building weapons using like alien technology which is also kind of reminds me of Starship Troopers where I feel like they need like the alien bugs so they can test them and get like the like their goo for their technology, which they don't ever really say, but I think is in the sequel. He just calls it molecular acid in this one. Yeah. It's like right, a throwaway like, term. Yeah, because it like eats through like the entire hull of the entire ship and it's like they have it there and like, oh, what, well, what do we do with this uh I don't know. I guess they assume like they're gonna. It reminds me of like again, Starship Troopers. I don't know why I have to keep talking about it, but like where they're like where they shoot like they're like like they're like like the fire from their asses in the movie, like and it was like would burn like the ships. I feel like I don't know. Like this is the techno. Like I almost think like oh, did Paul Verhoeven think of that because of this movie? Like, I gotta feel like this movie like influenced <laughs> a lot of these other sci-fi films. Oh to yeah, do. for sure. Uh- there was a, yeah. a movie called uh, Underwater with um, Bella from Twilight. Uh, Kristen, Chris, yeah, Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Stewart. That like it was just like a she was a, it was a very well done like one for one sort of like Ripley style character. Except she's a medic in that movie. It's I, I usually recommend that one to people. It's a it's a good not space homage to Alien. Yeah, like that, I, haven't, I haven't seen that one. That, yeah, definitely spawned like a million, a million new like atmospheric horror, especially in space. I mean, you mentioned Event Horizon, which did its own thing, but like very heavily like influenced. Yeah, Event Horizon, one of those one movies that I remember as a kid being extremely horrified, and then I watched it recently, and I wasn't maybe just like knowing what's happening like makes it less scary. Whereas I feel like in this movie, even though you know like all I was you could call like the kills and the jump scares i feel like the music still makes every scene like scary or uh tense tense yeah that's like exactly the right word like the entire movie is tense like everything within it too and like you also the other thing i was thinking about too is like the alien never like comes out and kills them while they're all like plotting their killing it like it easily could have just like entered the kitchen or whatever and just killed them all but I guess like the the alien also seems to have like its own like self preservation too like, with within it like it hi- it knows to go into the like the other pod like at the end of the movie it knows to like hide in the little other pod you know so I don't know it, it's like it, the whole thing too and for anyone who doesn't know like the universe too the the ship that they got it from like the Prometheus 
or like the original backstory is that the creators of human life created the aliens and they used them as weapons against other planets so they could shoot them onto the planet it would kill all the people and then they could take over the planet for themselves so like the alien was like actually a weapon used by like a ancient race that I think is now extinct I saw it, but it's been a while. This is another one that I was I, like, I was thinking this because it's kind of funny, and they mention it in the documentary is that they intentionally made like the ship they land on, like the on the planet, as like as like extremely sexual. Like, I don't know if you noticed this as watching it, but like when they go through like the various like openings within that ship to find all the eggs, like it was clearly meant to be like very openly like a sexual reference as they're going through and like that's also like finding eggs within like almost like a woman's womb was like what they were going for which is what they said in the documentary which I never think I ever noticed that before but now like you can't unsee that like when you watch you're like oh that's what they're <laughs> I can <laughs> see that now I'm thinking about it yeah I mean it kind of makes sense like they're going through like these sort of like openings and then they go through like into a larger massive ship opening and then they see like hundreds of eggs like also why was the dude sticking his hand inside of the fucking egg like because that's that's how you do science you just <laughs> shove your hands in places without getting samples or anything all the best scientists do that yeah he's like he sees the thing moving inside the egg he's like oh i see movement let me stick my face inside of this too i guess he is i guess you're also like oh i, I wouldn't anticipate a giant like creature jumping out and then like hugging my face i think that's what they call it a face, face hugger. hugger. I mean, still, like, I, I still like it. it. It was silly. Like, the whole thing was silly. Yeah, and, and then, like, specifically, too, as you, like, as you learn and see, or as you've known the movie, is you, like, you see all of the times, like, Ian Holm is, like, intentionally avoiding both hurting it, helping the alien, like, all the things he's doing is because mm -hmm. that's, he's not human, and so he can direct whatever he wants and like you see he could have gone on the expedition to see the thing but it would risk him dying dying you know in quotes and then he wouldn't be able to protect it from the rest but it also he like refers to it as like the perfect organism it was like a very like godly like weird thing to like referring to a robot referring to a alien species as like the perfect organism also if they had the technology to create a robot? Why not just send like seven robots? <laughs> cost. Because right. they're a corporation. Oh, the the robot costs more more than a human life. There I you guess. go. Oh, you mean corporations consider human uh, life as less than profit? Are you, <laughs> you sure? You sure? No, they would never. Yeah, that doesn't check out. I mean, they they usually and the, and the thing too, they also mentioned that they're carrying. I think I wrote it down because it was like an astronomical Bunch number of, minerals. of like, yeah, but they say like how many? It's 20 million tons. That's a shit ton of whatever mineral they say. Oh, ore. Ore. So like they need ore to go back and build like more of these ships and God knows what else. That's the one thing about the alien universe is you never like get a sense of like what Earth is like at this moment. Yeah. Like that's like the, always the thing I wish that the it included. I, I don't think it. Alien 2 is on the moon, I believe. And then or no, aliens, I guess aliens, takes place on this planet. They, like, then colonize it, and then it, all the eggs hatch and just kill a bunch of people because... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, like, I don't know if there are any, like, specific scenes, like, they, like where you're 
like favorite scenes or like part of that. I feel like the movie is very again like it's like it's like talking through like a Halloween like a slasher movie. Like yeah, it's kind of slow moving. You get to the killing and then it's like very methodical. Like they try and find it, it kills one of them. They try and find it again and it kills another one. Like it's very like it's almost like stupid in its simplicity, but everything about it is is great. And I, like I say, my favorite scene or one of them is the the one I mentioned with like the water dripping down on the. I can't think of the act, the character's name, the Harry Dean Stanton, Brett. Like he's like he's like the he's like the working class guy along with Parker. Like they're like the workers that keep getting pissed that they're not getting paid enough. And of course, they're like they weren't even the first ones to die, which I think is also cool. Usually, like usually, like the trope in movies, unfortunately, is like the black character dies yeah. first, and they didn't have that mm-hmm. happen in this. And so, like I feel like that in itself should be really Ridley Scott's always been a little bit better about like. Um, not being a racist, sexist piece of shit. Whenever <laughs> he makes movies, like so, it, it try like the the entire movie has like a really good feminist lens to it. Because if you look at it, like the entire movie could have been avoided if they would have just listened to Sigourney Weaver. Like whenever she's like, "No quarantine procedures," says twenty four hours, and they're like, "Fuck it, we're letting them in." And it's like, "Well, and you will die." And then then. He doesn't listen to her again whenever she says, well, I'll go into the vents because she's the, you know, the warrant officer engineer of the ship or whatever. So, like, she would know where everything is. And he's like, no, I'll do it. Then he ends up dying. But also, I feel like they make her, like, the strongest character, not just, I mean, maybe even physically, but also just, like, mentally beyond them. Because at the end, especially at the end of the movie where she's frantically running around, encountering the alien, going back, she still successfully, her mission, which was kill the alien and save the ship she like herself i guess she doesn't save the full ship but they it's like this it's feel like it's rare where like it's not a slasher movie in that it's a fine it's like a stronger final girl i don't know that that's again where i think like the final girl slasher comes in like the strong female character survives but in some of the slasher movies i feel like it's sort of if i think of like uh jamie lee curtis like halloween franchise like i don't feel like i think of her as like as strong a character as like physically and like mentally as Sigourney Weaver is in like this movie. Um, I think she kind of started off with more, um, more gumption or like whatever, just because of her position and she was the third in line and whatnot. So I think that she already had kind of that background for her, whereas Jamie Lee Curtis didn't really have that in her her situation. Sigourney Weaver's character is like built strong from the beginning. Like they wouldn't have made her the third in line if she's not already like a strong character and Ridley Scott and that's the and well I didn't mean to interrupt you now too is that they also have the other female character Veronica Cartwright also being one of the ones till the end almost at the end too so both of the female characters are like near the soul not soul because there's two of them but some of the only survivors like could have been women if it if they were trying to have more than one person what were you what were you going on for there Dr. Goon were you going to say something Uh, so like um, I think that one of the, the other things that differentiates like Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, I forget the name of her character in Halloween and uh, Ridley, is that like throughout the entire movie, like even when she's panicking, she's extremely competent, like like very like uh, a strict professional. You know what I mean? Like every single thing that she does, like like even when she's like the she's like, OK, I have to destroy this ship. And she's going through that. And then she realizes, like, she's cut off. So she has to go try to stop the the thing. Like, 
through all of it, just extremely confident. And even when she fails, she's like, all right, we'll have to go on to the next thing. Like, just, I, I don't know. It's a, it, it, it probably speaks to what you were talking to. The difference between a high schooler and somebody who's extremely confident in a job they've probably been doing for a long time. The, the, like the feminist aspect of Ripley, I think you said this at the beginning of like, of Ridley Scott, like is pretty well known. Like, didn't, actually, didn't he do GI Jane? I feel like he did GI Jane. I tell you. He might have. I know he did. Um, he did the last duel, which was really like that was the which, the, which uh, one? the last duel with that like Matt Damon and uh, oh, yeah. Adam Driver. No. Yeah, and I know he did. What did he also do? Um, I'm blanking on it. That's also. I can't. Maybe that's the one I was thinking of that he did. But there's another one I'm thinking of. I think he also did um, Gladiator, which I guess doesn't really have a strong female character in it at all. So that kind of ruins his track record. But I guess that's not really the movie he was going for. But I know. Oh, wait, he did do G.I. Jane. So that is with uh, Demi Moore. So I guess. And Viggo Mortensen. I forgot he was in that movie. I haven't I'm, seen I'm that this up since as I was I'm like a literal this. child. So. Yeah, I haven't seen it, I think, since I was like 15 or 14 or something like that when it was new. But yeah, I think that, that was the one thing I was going to want to mention, too, is the, you know, the fact that there's like the mega corporation forcing a bunch of people to essentially give up their lives for the alien. But that's the other thing, too, is like that they don't ever really explain in this is did they know before they even left that they were that they were planning to go to this signal like they must have already had the signal like the mother or the chat GPT like clearly sent them on a route that would pass this place so they could go see it like all of it was clearly like orchestrated but they couldn't send them straight there because if they did that's not their job they're like miners of ore so they have to send them on an actual job which they didn't care about just so they could go back and get the alien but how do they know that the thing would like bite the guy's face and they'd bring it on board like right like yeah like shouldn't ian holmes should have gone out there and like got to the, i don't know they got lucky and then they failed so there's a part of the movie where they're trying to decode the signal like all they can figure out is that it might be an sos and then there's other stuff that like mother's trying to decode and then that's like one of the things that uh ian says like mother hasn't decoded it yet or something and right, right. so like i think that like maybe he because he has his own like science officer connection with mother to hq or whatever so like he's like sending them like hey i, I found we found this shit blah, blah blah here's what's happening they're like yeah we need it oh so it could have been like it could have happened it wasn't necessarily like an intentional thing like it just i, I don't know along. enough about the lore but that that sounds like it would work because you know it's a cutthroat corporation that had pre-knowledge of what was out there first ripley is like oh you get paid whatever you get paid and then later when they realize like someone's life is on the line they're like well fuck that you should just we should just do what actually keeps us alive so the only one that like actually gives a shit about the company really is ian holm but he's not even a real human so that's the only way you can care about a corporation i guess is if you're not human it makes sense yeah <laughs> the, the corporation has to create you to actually care about it they couldn't give him enough like dehydrated pizza parties on their like on their <laughs> ship or something yeah that's the other thing too is they talk about how like the food is all like really gross and then the at one point when they before they're gonna go back into sleep before the the like chest bursting thing 
the the captain says like I'm buying to like the thing. So that made me think like, do they have to buy their own food on the fucking ship that they're like being paid to go on? No track. Which is also another like ridiculous thing. Like they have to buy their own food on their ship from the corporation that sent them on this fucking thing. Right. It's become kind of obvious to me that like the best thing for corporations is like some sort of like neo feudalism. So I'm sure there was like some system in place that they're not even getting real money and they gotta like spend their corpo tokens to buy their own food back and I'm sure they're paying rent on that ship and everything. Well right, they call them shares. They don't say like yeah. money. So it could be like it could literally be like shares of stock in the company. Uh, <laughs> you you get an investment in your future or something shit like that. You can go to our Disneyland with this. I was just watching what was I just I was just watching another movie and I can't remember what it was where it was the same kind of situation where you got paid in money that you could then Oh, I know what it was. Not related. This is this is going to sound stupid now that I say the movie. But in the movie, The Grapes of Wrath, which I was just watching the original from 1940, they're in like a camp where they get paid like 15 cents like an hour or uh, whatever some obscene amount like during the Great Depression. And then they have to use the money in the store that's on the like camp that they're at, which is basically the people who are paying them. And they're ripping them off. So it's, it is like the same concept of we're going to underpay you. Then we're going to give you money that you then have to buy stuff from us at an inflated price so that you can then repeat it. And like, it's not, I mean, how's that any different than now? Just take away the like from the same company, right? Like there's only like four companies left in the world, right? Selling us food. So it's very cool. I'm, gl- I'm glad yeah. to be here. <laughs> It's 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 a great time to be yeah. alive and uh, to it's a real bummer. <laughs> yeah, for, for the for those if this is your first time listening, we we don't like capitalism, so um, just gonna. So if you do like capitalism, this is your this is the time where you can turn off the podcast. Forty eight minutes in, you're like, yeah, shit. I, all of you agreed with everything we set up until yeah, now. until you <laughs> use the word That's until you word. use the word capitalism. You're like, wait. Yep. Are these people anti-capitalists? Shit. I thought this was the the, the right-wing movie podcast, like which I don't even think exists. <laughs> every conversation with a right-wing normie ever. It would be really lame. <laughs> a right-wing did. movie podcast? I guess that's just like regular pod. I don't know, like a regular movie podcast is like unintentionally. Um, I guess it's. I guess that's not. Probably. No, they, that's like they, just liberal. Be like, why didn't they kill the black guy first? <laughs> or, well, like... I wish there were just more blondes in this movie. You know, it'd be the most vapid fucking nonsense you've ever heard in your life. It's funny. I feel like this is like a a movie where I think of like universally is enjoyed by like people who like hate, like complain about things being too woke. <laughs> like, I don't feel like there's anything about this movie that you could be like, oh, well, they're very, I feel like it's more subtle. Like, I think hard in general, okay. which is why I think I in general like horror movies it's a lot of the politics for the most part is like more subtle and it's like critiquing like the time period of it of it i guess any movie is but i feel like horror specifically like this takes place in the future but it was 1979 like right before you know i guess you know it's not reagan in office just yet but shit's getting like pretty terrible like pre-reagan already like things aren't great you know so horror movies always like encapsulate like the horror of the time i guess is you know, it's only getting worse. So I guess horror should just be more terrible. There's going to be some bangers here in like five, 10 years. 
that that's assuming they still uh let them make these movies i don't know Hopefully. oh yeah <laughs> they're all they're all about the great emperor <laughs> right they're like yeah you can't you can't uh uh you know say a bad thing um the, the other like i'm just thinking of like funny things about the movie one that i thought was kind of this is like a completely useless comment, but in the like when they go later, I think it's according Weaver's like asking the mother computer like to give her information, and it keeps being like does not compute. I'm like, that's not how this works. Like clearly it knows, it just doesn't want to tell her. And then like actually the creepiest thing I feel like in the movie of Monk creepy things is when Ian Holm is like just sitting next to her in the mother room. Oh, I know she's like typing <laughs> away, and he like turns, oh. and it like pops out like. I don't know what the camera angle term is. Just like it pops out like from like behind her and it's creepy as shit. And he then realized, I think she must've realized that this dude's like a weirdo. I don't know. I guess they're in space and shit. So like everyone's kind of like weird. Well, she, he was she said weird. that she didn't trust him. So she already knew kind of something about him. Right. Because he didn't, he was like going along with Dallas, letting in the dude with the alien, like on his face. Yeah, he right. just straight so up like, let him in. He's like, yeah, fuck you. I don't care yeah. what you're saying right now. Because they were still in the middle of arguing. He's just like, nope, hit my button. It'll be fine. Everybody's going to yeah. be okay and have a fun time. Well, if Ian Holm had done and let let him in, then it would have like given up too early that he was like kind of on the side. You know, like I think it, it doesn't really... I don't understand why Dallas does it. Yeah. Like, I guess it's his friend is... Well, yeah, he is, he's was, panicking and then... Ian Holm hits the button whenever they're like inside. He's like, I'm letting them in. And then they come, if I'm remembering right. it. And then, but yeah, I, I, I thought that entire scene was like, it was well done. Cause like, that's like, clearly like it's an act of emotion, you know, like she's like, no, we have to wait 24 hours or whatever. They're like, no, you might die. Blah, blah, blah. And just completely like override like protocol to let the thing in. The cat also in this movie is also like the other like un- underlying layer of just like we're going to make a cat really fucking scary and piss you off a bunch of times thinking that it's actually like the monster and it's just an annoying cat that also survives too. The cat's smarter than all these other dudes. What a fucking boss. It's like the cat was like a its own alien cuz how like it it did its own thing like scurried around and hid it was like hiding and stuff and um there's something else about it. Oh, and like, how did it survive? Like, there's no natural right. uh, areas that it could have survived on its own. So, like, I don't know. I don't feel like it would have been a lot for the ship to be able to support um, a random cat walking around. Right. Well, I guess they do. It must be at the end, they show it being put into the, like, the, cha- I don't know, the sleep chamber. So, like, I guess it was there before but why bring a cat it feels like it's like this sounds like crass like a waste of resources like to a corporation unless they like just stuck it on like it strikes me as like like the character uh harry dean stanton like it's like his actual cat like he wants it on the ship or one of their cat i don't know so i bet it's a support animal because it's got like they have a crate for it so like they the corpse got to know that it's there so like the only way a corporation lets that slide is like well giving them a pet increases productivity so <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that's, that, that that's was their pizza party that probably is i love uh, the yeah. cat because the cat like adds to the suspense because whenever the cat's like nah, i don't fucking like that it's like trying to hide and shit like you're like oh no the alien's coming like the cat the cat is smarter than them and then the other thing too is near the end 
uh, Sigourney Weaver leaves the cat in the crate and the alien like looks at it and yeah. like doesn't kill it. It's almost like we know you're smart, so we're gonna like you're gonna <laughs> live. But these stupid humans, we're just gonna murder them all because they're stupid and think they can take over like all of space or something. I don't know. It is commendable and like very boss like that she goes back to save the cat. I thought it was a nice little touch in the movie that like she didn't have to do that. She's like, oh fuck the cat. Like it's almost like one of the crew at that point. Yeah, and she like risks her life. Like she could have, if she hadn't brought the cat, she probably gets to the the escape hatch before the alien doesn't have to then go back to stop the countdown to then, you know, or try to stop the countdown. Yeah, all to save like the little kitty. The like one of the lines, like my, one of my like this movie has lots of like I feel like some good like one liners, but like the like the I got you, you son of a bitch. Like when she thinks that the the alien is dead, I feel like it's one of those like lines that I occasionally say, like I got you, you son of a bitch. Like you know, you killed a mosquito, and you're like oh no, and then you're like your friend mosquito is just gonna come, and, you know. But <laughs> it, it comes back and thing. And actually, I have to say, apparently Ridley Scott wanted to have her die in the escape thing. The harpoon was supposed to miss the alien and then kill her, and then that was going to be the end. But the studio's like, mm, we don't want to do that. And they made him like change the ending, which I think is thank God they did because that's the end of the franchise. Like that was a one, that was like a one movie, and that's over. And now they have this. So we would have had a much earlier alien resurrection, and it would probably would have sucked twice as much. The there are like other like little nuggets from the documentary that are worth like maybe mentioning but like it's all like a bunch of nerdy shit that no one really probably cares about but i guess i'll say the one thing is that they um that's uh ridley scott actually operated cameras in like a lot of scenes in this movie which is like super uncommon the director doesn't usually do that and then also one of the scenes where there's like i think they're before the chest burster scene like a bunch of hands are like holding his body down one of them is actually ridley scott's hand for some reason I don't know, like he wanted to be in the shot. Or it's like he wants to <laughs> be in there, like touching it. So he's like has his hand in. So those are just like stupid little nuggets. He from always this. wanted to be a hand model and like that's his that's his <laughs> hand. I've never seen hands like these before. They're so soft and milky white. <laughs> yes, yes. That that's his that was his fallback if this movie failed, right? He could be like <laughs> he could like do like Seiko commercials or whatever. Um <laughs> Well, I, oh, I know what the other thing was. Someone, some website called this movie a a haunted house tale, which I don't know if I go with that, but it's interesting. Like, I don't like see it as like a haunting. I feel like Event Horizon is like a haunted house kind of situation a little bit. Yeah, it's like definitely. haunting. But I'm gonna stick to the fact that this is kind of like a space sci-fi slasher movie. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that. I don't know what what is uh. Wikipedia calls it a science fiction horror movie, which is kind of just yeah, sci-fi horror stick. But I don't know. Are there any other things that like scenes or other things like things you wanted to to mention or like funny aspects of the movie? I mean, it's not that much like funny in this movie. That's the thing too. Like horror movies, usually I feel like to be good have to be funny, like have humor in it. Like even if it's self-deprecating, this movie doesn't really have any like funny bits to it. But it's fine. I think like uh. They could have added a Chris Farley character. <laughs> completely throw off the dynamic of the whole thing. I think they'd have to have John Candy. John Candy, right? Because it's yeah. the, like the early. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. I think it's funny that like like they make the whole movie and like they don't really go into the whole like like sexy final girl like trope until the very, very end. And she's wearing like a shirt and panties, neither of which fit her. Like 
Like they're both way too fucking small. I thought that was like hilarious. Yeah, there's not really a lot of like solid comedic relief. Like even when they're cutting up and stuff like that, it's like really only things that are like funny between them. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if we were there yet in horror movies, like in terms of like adding like comic relief. Yeah. I, I think that was probably more of like an eighties thing, like whatever, like, you know, dipshit like eighties comedies were getting real big yeah i think you're right i think of like even like halloween wasn't really funny either and like black christmas which i think is like preceded that wasn't really funny i guess like some of the female characters or like male characters are like crass but they're not funny but they like make like stupid jokes mm-hmm. again like that are not funny to anyone except them yeah so maybe maybe you're right maybe that's just like this is predates that idea so but i don't think i have any more notes i mean again i could read like stupid things uh yeah what was the other i think i said all the good ones yeah just the one where like the originally the alternate ending was where ridley dies or yeah ripley ridley is the director he did he wouldn't die at the end of his movie that would i think i've made that same mistake twice so far (laughs) yeah and also is it coincidental that their names are very similar that like ripley is like that must have been intentional it's like i want to be in this movie so i'm going to name the character ripley or is it like Ripley, believe it or not? Was that a thing yet? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, that that's like, he was like one of the, I think they were, Ripley was like one of the Barnum and Bailey era, like con artists or something. I might be mixing those things. But I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I just, I don't know why they chose that name, but. Yeah, it's very similar. Ridley's like, my name sounds really stupid. I wish it was Ripley. And then <laughs> makes a character named Ripley. Because yeah, Ridley sounds is- silly. Yeah, this is also, this was Sigourney Weaver's, like, first major movie, like, as far as, like, a leading person, whereas, like, all the other people were in lots of movies, and this is on on Wikipedia, but he, there's an interview with Harry Dean Stanton, where when he went to the audition, he's like, I don't like sci-fi movies or monster movies, and then Ridley Scott's like, you're perfect. It's almost like him not liking this concept almost made it better because it made him, like, be, like, unserious about, like, the idea of the movie, which... This I don't know, like a a director trick. I have no idea. And John Hurt too was like uh in like Broadway and shit like that on stage. And they're like, Oh yeah, you should be in this movie too. Oh. The same thing with um Ian Holm was also like often in, you know, Broadway or not no, I think I think whatever the version in England is. Yeah, I'm sure it's something silly and ridiculous, uh, like most yeah. things there. <laughs> yeah, they have to they have to take the lift to the <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Goon, any 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 doctor thoughts on the, the the any final doctor thoughts on was it was the science real in your in your uh expert opinion? In my <laughs> medical opinion. Yeah, I mean it's all real science. If you if you hit a robot in the head with uh, a fire extinguisher and and then just solder some things, it'll come back and talk to you with a bukkake face. <laughs> There's there's peer reviews. There's a meta analysis that all cover this. You can look it up on Google Scholar. Google Scholar. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes for everyone. <laughs> any? What about you, Joel? Any uh, final like uh, notes or anything? We any other aspects of it? Um, um, one thing I thought was interesting when I first was watching it again was that they like woke up and then. The, they woke up because of the alarm, um, whatever like was happening, and then, um, and then Parker's like, or or, and then they said we have to go answer the SOS, and Parker's like, no, let's just go home, 
And then um, everyone's like, no, we have to go save him. And I was like, that would be the last thing I would do if I had just woke up from cryo sleep and I'd just been working and got all that mining stuff. Like, what? Like, I just thought that was weird. They had, like, the savior complex, like, right right off the bat and not even, like, questioning it. And um, that was my two cents. Yeah, I feel it's like it's like the conditioning of, like, a corporation convincing you that, like, everything that you're doing for them is in, like, some good faith for them. You know, like, oh, you know, it's, like, the same reason why people, like, bootlickers will, like, defend, like, Elon Musk or something. It's like, oh, they think somehow inherently mm-hmm. all the things are good or whatever. I don't know. I guess I just had to think of a Elon. So I have to fill Elon Musk in there. So any <laughs> of you conservatives who who continued listening after the conservative part, Elon Musk is a is a terrible, stupid person. So yeah. now you can stop listening. <laughs> and never a world class bozo, and it makes sense that you worship him. Yeah, I, I don't think I have anything else on this movie. Like just generally, I feel like. It's always been one of my favorite horror movies. I think it's it holds up like there, you know, there's no stupid computery effects that like ruin it for like, you know, this came out in 1970. That's 44 years ago. And like none of the effects seem stupid, like except maybe like you said, like the chopping of his head, like looks a little wonky. But, you know, that's about the only time in the movie, like the alien looks cool. Like they don't show it very much, but it looks pretty cool. I would have liked to see more of the aliens, three mouths, like, I don't know, fighting or eating or doing something <laughs> like I, don't, I guess they eat the people. I guess that they don't ever say that. Does it eat the people? It must if there's nothing left. Yeah, because right, it, it, it leaves the bodies behind whenever it gets uh, um, the two characters that are waiting while she's going back and like doing the self-destruct procedures and stuff. And she comes back and sees their bodies. So it's almost like it's hunting for sport. Uh, or, well, the other thing I was thinking of, could it just like, and it is no blood, could it just be like draining like their fluids? Because how it must be growing somehow, like it has to be consuming something. That's the only, I don't know. Right. Unless it just like can grow like, these are these are stupid questions <laughs> for, for another time. But yeah, so I, I got nothing left, but uh, Dr. Real Life Goon. We will we will uh, follow you on the socials for your medical expertise. <laughs> I assume you'll see this much of my face on it, and uh, Jolie as well. Yeah, we can only see you can only see your eyes where when you describe the alien milk mustache or whatever. I think yeah. I think they I think they actually did. There. I think I once saw that they like the milk campaign they did like in the eighties or something did like a alien one, but I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe <laughs> it was like a fake thing, like someone just... photoshopped. No, you know I think it might have been Predator. I don't know. Predator drinks milk. Does a. I think you're good. right yeah. now. Like I, I can kind of like picture that now. Or did I make this up? And now I've, I've, I've set in motion uh, a situation where people will believe this is to be true. Yeah, we've, we've, we've set Mandela side. <laughs> uh, we're a post-reality society, so like you just say whatever. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up. I could be the first person to type into Google the alien milk mustache. But uh, Jolie and uh, Doctor Goon, thank you for talking about. Uh, alien for spooky month because this is October. We're we were actually talking about this in October, everyone. This is not pre-recorded. <laughs> not even. Not at all. This this is real time Halloween thing. Elections matter. Well, yeah, so I guess we would be very close to. Wait, no, there's no election coming. No, I'm just saying that because we're just right? saying things that are objectively untrue, as <laughs> as if they're true. Yeah, I guess I guess this is the be- this is the end. This is the beginning, right? Yeah. This is the part that everyone will hear when they first 
start playing the podcast <laughs> because we we like pull fiction it right yeah. the, the Tarantino thing right? uh-huh. so I guess I have to introduce you all again if that makes sense but yeah everyone you've been listening to left the projector stay tuned for more Halloween spooky movies 